0: Hello and welcome to Wednesday in Westeros. I'm Todd A and I'm joined tonight by Taylor Trask. I'm back. Yay, hey, Taylor's back. So this is a part 2 of our big season seven finale episode. Um, you were traveling last night as the episode ended um, and Emily was available last night and not available tonight. And so she and I were going to do a real short podcast and we ended up talking for an hour. <laughs> 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 so now you get me all to yourself and, and you and I can just go off on as many tangents as we want, oh, of course, um, because that's what Emily and I certainly did last night. Um, so yeah, here we are. Welcome to uh, part two of the season seven episode seven the dragon and the wolf game of thrones season finale, finale. Yeah. um i'll tell you uh, uh well, I, well i'll tell the listeners i'll set them up you did text me and tell me you actually watched this on an airplane which
1: <laughs> yeah so i was hilarious. able to I was able to, grab, uh, well, I was able to grab the uh the connection uh on the file before it took off, and then it was frantically like and the the plane was the flight was exactly like an hour and forty five minutes, so I had like you know just enough time to catch it all with some you know hiccups here and there wow. I had to reconnect but that was that was interesting for a number of reasons one uh about seven or eight of us were all doing the same thing, so about you know at at, at given any given point in the airplane, you'd see somebody's like fist raised in the air or you'd hear <laughs> something gasp audibly. Or you'd like or you'd hear somebody like squeal, go, "Oh my god, oh my god!" It's so like you knew somebody had either just seen what you saw, or there was something coming up. They're like, "Oh, what's that going to be?" And then the best part was at the very, very end, the final, you know, the final you know, cataclysmic climactic cataclimactic scene. There we go, cataclimax Yes, new word. Um, we were actually uh, beginning to land, so not only <laughs> not like, only was oh! that like. Yeah 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 but like there was like you know these sudden drops in altitude and like bumps and things that were sort of like went along with it so it was it was a sensorial experience like I I haven't had before yet on a on an airplane or watching Game of Thrones. So there you go.
0: So oh, what was your overall impression of the episode?
1: Uh, wow, overall because it it kept was it kept it, was changing the you hoped for.
0: Oh, it, it kept was, changing. Yeah, great point. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah, cuz like 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 I as I was kind of auditing myself as it progressed and at any given time i was either like you know elated a little you know nervous uh, like right. uh not nervous both for either the characters in the moment or for just like the showrunners like missing something pivotal that then uh, they they you know they they clarified later so it was it was a lot of that and there was a lot of my mind drifting off to yet again oh god is this like the lost five c se- or season five finale like is this is this where you know, are they going to start just dropping whole chunks of stuff so At at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, I was very, very uh, pleased with the
0: satisfied,
1: satisfied. Yes. Very satisfied. Okay.
0: Did, was there anything, and this is a tie into what um, Emily and I talked about, because she said as she was watching uh, her jaw just kept dropping and she kept, you know, punching her fiance as something would surprise her. Was there anything that made your jaw drop or punch the person in the seat next to you?
1: um there were a couple there were at least three big fist pump moments for me um and not oh, the okay. one. And, and none of them are the one the one you'd i mean like everybody's gonna say oh my god that last scene you must have loved it I'm like yeah i loved it but i expected it so you know it was more just me going okay good well done well done um but the th- there were there were a couple scenes that just i was fist pumping in the air because i didn't they sort of played with my expectations the first and I'm actually. I've got it on in the background while we're talking. It. The, this scene has actually <laughs> just just started. Coincidentally, the first was when uh, the hound brings out the demo zombie, and you know this is after you know thirty almost thirty minutes of tense you know stares and you know assumptions and waiting and blah blah blah. All of a sudden, you know, then they, they he brings it out finally, and he opens it up up opens up the box, and nothing happens. And I thought, yeah. oh fuck is either one of two things is now likely either that damn guard, let it out. Like, yeah. you know, cause remember like there was, they, they focused yeah, yeah. on that one guard, like what's in there. And he's like, I'll kill you. And it's like, like that just made me nervous. I'm like, Oh shit. Or the thing died, uh, this South yeah. of the wall. And it just, and it, it wasn't going to be just going to be a big nothing burger. And so I was just yeah, like, a pile and, of they, bones. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they held that shot. And I think they did this intentionally just for people exactly in that same predicament. They held that shot to where I was like, Oh my God, it is that is what happened. Oh my God. And then as soon as I had sort of surrendered to that moment, out it comes. Like yeah. just terrifying. Just going after everything. I didn't realize it was chained. So I was just like, oh Jesus oh, Christ, yeah. something's it's gonna the mountain's either gonna get it or something's gonna someone's gonna go down. Maybe I and then for a split second I thought, oh, maybe he kills Euron, and that would be funny. Um, but it you know, instead it was chained, so it was even more violent, and then then just the shot of everybody around the arena. Like Cersei looking at it, and you can see Tyrion looking at Cersei and registering some kind of like, you know, her, you know, basically believing that fairy tales are true. Like, you know, these these monster stories are real. Um, yeah, that was a little shocking, uh, and you know, just kind of tense, gasping, jaw dropping kind of a moment. Um, the other other two, well, yeah, there's a, there's probably two others. The, the the first, and this was my favorite scene in the entire episode. Just well, I, I I could. Well, oh, go ahead.
0: Let me stop you before that because I'm glad you brought up the the chained white as the first one because um, Emily and I both agreed that was so much more effective than either of us actually thought it would be. Yeah, you know, um, and not even the the nothing burger of like if it had just been a pile of bones, but it's possible like this white just comes out and it's sort of slowly walking around and they're like, yeah, it looks scary, but I mean, big deal. You brought one of these. But yeah. just the ferociousness with which it leapt out, and like you, you know that real terror you see on Jamie's face uh, yeah, as he imagines a hundred thousand of them. Yeah, um, this is the
1: guy who just got his saw his entire army mowed down by a dragon. Yeah, so melted. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> he's already you know having some PTSD, and then he sees this. And the thing that I loved about it is it was a nice throwback to Hardhome because if you remember that Hardhome yeah. scene started where. The final sequence started where they're you know they're looking out the gates and you just see this like almost avalanche and you right. hear this like <laughs> like it's just getting more chaotic and then you just see this like wave of chaos coming like at full blast and since that scene we haven't really seen the White Walkers as like just hive hive like you know and just ruthless like even the, even at the uh, the lake attack where the, where uh, Viserion went down yeah. they weren't you know they ran but it was like you know people running it wasn't this like just horde of evil and, and, and so this this scene last night where that one uh white came out like was you know that was one of what we saw at hard home you know just yeah, that sort of exactly that, the reminder of what that that ferocity actually looks like which is perfect like they they executed that scene so goddamn well that from that point on i'm like I just kept thinking, oh shit, where's this episode gonna go? Like, what else are they gonna do? Like, <laughs> that they were kind of, you know, they were raising the game again. And not in the same way, you know, like last year's season finale. It's interesting to contrast because last year's was that masterful um, uh, destruction of the sept episode, just with that. Yeah. Remember, that whole episode started with like 20 minutes of just no dialogue and piano. <laughs> and it yeah. was it was amazing so this episode you know very different feeling as much as i loved that last year this was a very different feeling and it had to you know provide some different that was almost like a film last year like a short film like a, a the michael sapochnik battle of the bastards and then that final i forget the final episode it's called
0: but Winds of winter
1: winter you could look at each of those as into like short like, well, not short, but just like almost like two separate movies. Like if, if they were to put there, ever put the show in the, a theater, they would look like that. This felt like a finale that was much more, you know, what we've, you know, with beats and scenes, kind of typical
0: finale. Like, let's yeah. wrap up each sort of, you know,
1: uh,
0: not not each person necessarily, but each sort of locale storyline.
1: Exactly, put a nice little bow on it. Get you know, tee up the, the chessboard for for one more, you know, one more year. So um, he
0: said there were two other scenes that yeah. jaw drop.
1: So the other the other two, the the first is my favorite scene of the entire episode, the uh, the Littlefinger v Stark uh, trial of justice scene where and, and they they i'm a little annoyed only because there was no reason for us to have a scene a wasted you know 10 minutes last week where Arya and Sansa you know where Arya's is like you know trying to play the game of uh the game of names or whatever it's called with uh with sansa and just like it just it, i'm like what Ugh. is that there for like why why go through the trouble of showing them hate each other if they're just going to do you know unite against little so it, they could have they could have pulled that off a little bit better. Even still, they threw that one scene in before where Littlefinger's talking to Sansa, and he's like, you know, he's kind of revving her up. And in my mind, I went, oh God damn it! They are they're going to follow this to a stupid conclusion, and they're going to make like you know politics in the north a thing next year. And oh Christ! And so I was kind of just dis- you know that's when my you know uh, my. My auditing of the episode went into disappointment mode because I'm just like, you guys. Oh no, no! And then it came back, and they held this, you know, this whole, um, you know, bit where Arya walks in. You know, the guards kind of approach her and then go back. Just the whole song and dance. I was just like, oh Christ, are we really doing this? Like, I really thought that in my mind, I, was, I, I had, I'd fallen for it. I was just like, are we really doing this? So when she turned and looked and said, "Lord Baelish, and then uh, Aiden, uh, what's his name? Aiden Quinlan. <laughs> uh, yeah. He does this like he does a jaw drop like I've never seen before. Where he's like you know, he's got his little smug smile and his eyes kind of go big for a second, and then he it's almost like you visibly see it hit his like hit his brain and process through his cerebellum through his face, and it's the most amazing thing. From that moment on, I was just like I was in the in the plane like fist pumping in the air like giddy because I'm like okay. And I should have known better. I should have known when they when I saw Bran had been wheeled out. You know, I I should have realized. Okay, they wouldn't. He wouldn't just be hanging out to help accuse his sister. Like clearly, he knows what's what. Yeah, you know. So there's got. I should have realized there's something else going on. But just to see the three Stark children united. You know, know, yeah, their powers combined, uh, taking down the guy who basically was responsible for most of their strife. Like just that was such a cool goddamn moment. And it was um. Uh, it was. It, I had to rewatch it a couple times, but I, I don't know if you noticed. Arya was dressed either exactly like or similarly to Ned in the final episode when um, Littlefinger cornered him. Like she's basically Ooh. wearing the Ned Stark. And the fact that she was able to, you know, extract, you know, be the the physical hand that extracts justice for her father, was and and for her, you know, her mother by killing Littlefinger in the same way her mother was killed. Like there was so much symbolism in the scene. You know, yeah. there was I am, and I'm convinced too that that Sansa made like like the way she was delivering that dialogue, especially when you know when Baelish gets on his knees and starts pleading. Oh, that that was so delicious, just seeing yeah. him just <laughs> completely break. Like the facade was gone, the mask was gone, and he's just like snip, like literally sniveling. You know, cr- just like this this complete coward. Um, and, and, the, but there's a, there's a familiarity in the way Sansa was like, you know, he's like, I loved your mother. She's like, and yet you betrayed her. Like, I could swear that was something Ned said at one point or that just, it, it felt like that was, you know, Ned channeling through her. Like she, she really became like she and Arya became their father's daughters in that moment. And it was just, I loved every second of it. So that was my second. Yeah, one.
0: it was, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, Emily and I definitely talked about what a, what a good way to resolve that, like as a trial in public. Um, yeah. and then I like that you, you bring up all the, you know, all the callbacks to the Ned Stark trial. And and we talked about that a little bit as well. And it, yeah, it was just, it was very poetic. Um, it's we wished poetic. for sure that we had at least seen like maybe a scene of sansa explaining to aria that she had figured out Littlefinger's plot or even maybe just a scene of sansa figuring it out for herself or something because it i mean it really was her moment you know yeah, but yeah. uh she was the she was kind of robbed of that just because there wasn't I don't know. That's yeah. my big deal. Is like I feel like this is a this is a thing you and I will talk about in a, another storytelling podcast or something where it's they could
1: have they that could have thing of like
0: they, they want everything to be a surprise, you know? Yeah. yeah, could, I, I wish they would sort of actual show show us strategy, which is you know been my complaint all along this season. Like I would love to see the strategy and then see which one works. For um, me, I kind of I, so. I,
1: I, as much as as I'm usually picky about that stuff. That was kind of erased for me as a concern just by the moment, but then also that nice little, um, you know, uh, period, you know, that Coda scene where she and Aria are on the wall again. And yeah, it's, it's almost like Arya has a little bit of fangirl in her for her sister. Like she's, she's almost kind of, uh, you, know, you can see the the pride in the way yeah. Maisie Williams is delivering that dialogue. Like, you know, you are the lady of Winterfell. Like she's almost saying like, she's almost like got this big smile on her face. Like, you know, I had to be something else. And like, you're you're awesome, sis. You know, just like there's that whole, feeling that Sansa has actually earned that. Like, like, as much as we griped about all the shit they were putting through her, through her in in season five, um, was it five? Yeah, five was yeah. The, the lost season. Um, as much as, we, like, that moment felt so much more powerful because we knew she had been through the ringer so many times, and Arya even name checks it. She's like, you know, I never could have survived what you did, and just, like, reminding us, like, yeah, Sansa's standing here after suffering quite a bit, you know and yeah. maybe arya couldn't have done it like just that whole scene played so well too so then i was like i was back i was like oh my god this episode's so great again um <laughs> the uh but the third the third one um, and there was a lot of great moments mind you but some of them some of them were ones that i expected or you know at least knew they'd get to sooner than later the other one that really kind of sh- that i fist pumped to was the uh the scene where theon gets his mojo back i was going to say where theon a- gets where Ooh. Theon grows a pair, but that's that's not really. I mean, kind of in the context of the scene, doesn't really play. Um, but he, no, he. Uh, I'm a. I'll tell you, I'm a sucker for Alfie Allen. Uh, basically, like like redemption acting. Like he, like I still go back to that scene last year where where Yara's at the King's Moot and Theon gets up there and gives this like goddamn amazing spiel on behalf of his sister, and I was just like, that's. I just he does that so well. So to see that scene take place, you know, when he's on the beach and at, at first it was weird. I thought the dude he was approaching was Euron, like and I, I couldn't understand why <laughs> he's like, just why standing would- on the beach. Yeah, I was like, well, maybe like oh, it, somehow- was
0: the, it was in the previously on they showed that guy pulling him out of the water.
1: That's right. Yeah. But he just had and again, I was like watching on my phone, so I had to like you know zoom yeah, in and course. stuff. And I was like, Is that your own? No. But just that whole sequence, they took their time with it. You know, it was they could have had they could have done the same thing and maybe half the time. Yeah. You know, maybe where he like Waste punches of him. Time down. For me. Well, they could have punched him that twice, but I liked it because this whole time, I'm like, you're either gonna either kill off Theon or give him <clears> one <throat> like give him one definitive heroic moment. And, you know, like I like the fact that he's you know, he had that scene, that setup scene with John, where John's like, you know, why are you still talking to me? Like you, I'm not going to tell you what to do, dude. You got to go and, you know, earn your yeah. place again. And so like the fact that he didn't ask or he didn't, you know, he didn't um, browbeat uh, Theon for not joining them, you know, at the wall. You know, I just, he's just like, dude, do what you got to do. And, you know, and it was almost like a, it, that was a very Ned Starkian moment too, right? Yeah. Just there was a lot of, God, Ned's, Ned's spirit was very present. Yeah, um, sure. And
0: John, like, John, like you know, being the honorable Stark in the beginning, who wouldn't lie to Cersei. Um, yeah, yeah. And then having Sansa and Arya uh, walk through that whole trial and really lay out the evidence from season one that Ned was yeah. pursuing. And yeah. then, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like Ned's presence was huge, and you know, and John and Theon having that conversation in the hall, and basically both recognizing, like, neither of us are the child of uh uh stark i guess john still thinks he is but um one's a bastard and one's a ward and uh they didn't have the privileges of the other stark children but yeah uh, yeah Yeah. they took i don't know i that's really surprising to hear you say that you were pumping your fist there i mean i you know the theon could have disappeared last season uh and i would have been fine with it i'm i'm tired of his story tell his story in general i i you know I thought that was a huge waste of time to show him fighting that guy. And, I, you know, in the middle of it, I was like, what if he just dies in the middle of this fight? And I thought,
1: actually, no, I- no, okay, at that point, that would have just been it would have been that dude's been through such tragic shit. Like we got to have there has to be scenes like that. And even like, you know, this is kind of the another reason I enjoyed that little finger scene so much. They are the emotional uh balancing of everything we saw those characters put through like as as shitty as it was to see ramsey bolton torture theon like that was almost like an emotional debt we paid to the show and the scene where he just beats the hell out of this other guy is is that you know that credit being paid back finally like okay it's restoring in us what it the show is giving us back what it took from us in season five it's oh. like i just kind of felt like that that whole scene was that for me and again i just in part, part of it is just because like i said i really enjoy anytime alfie allen does anything heroic i just kind of I, I i well up a little bit because he just does, he sells it for me but then it's just like one final mission you know like these are the guys who were you know, i and i don't know if it was ever explained if some of them like went with Yara to rescue theon at some point i i, I assume maybe some of them were you know were her you know part of her longtime crew but just like you know, we owe her this. I
0: didn't buy that either, where they're like, hey, for Yara. I thought, like, no, these, wh- why do they care? You know, what's going on? I think on? they
1: were part of her crew. I think they were, at some point, they yeah. were, lo- I mean, obviously, they were loyal to her, because when they escaped Euron, they all came along. Um, well, it's,
0: it's also interesting to me that that we do see Alfie as, or not Alfie, Theon as neat. I mean, props to Alfie Allen. Like, he's, you know, acted his ass off. Like, it's oh, totally. it's been incredible. But it's interesting that anyone has, to me, has any sympathy for him or sees, like, the like you mentioned, like the traumatic things he's been through. I mean, he killed Meister Lewin, the kind old Meister who raised the Stark children, basically. He killed Roderick Cassell, the uh, master of arms there um, Mm -hmm. in Winterfell. He burned two children uh, and murdered them because they looked like Bran and Rickon. Uh, He's an awful, awful person. uh, And I don't, you know, I just kind of think i i don't know you know it's sort of like the kylo ren redemption theories like i don't know that anyone ever needs this person needs to be redeemed like let them yeah. just live out a life and not hurt anybody else and yeah you know, maybe that's enough so I, I just don't have any sympathy for him and um someone else pointed out today i saw like i think it's an article on the daily beast or something um uh, you know about how yeah great Uh Theon's gonna have another moment where a woman is the prop for him having like a redemption arc you know that was the whole problem one of the major problems with the Sansa rape scene was like we saw it through Theon's eyes and he gets to have the moment of like kind of snapping out of it and it's not about Sansa now he's gonna go rescue Yara who you know <laughs> after yara tried to rescue him and he refused this family should have just forgotten about this guy
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah but i mean think about think about it this way like this is an exaggerated highly exaggerated version of what you see in real life families we're like you know there's sometimes there's a son who's like the fuck up you know and try as he may and and sometimes <laughs> he may it may be intentional and then, but sure. like, you know, the family still loves him and he loves them. And like, they kind of keep co- recolliding and then you're know, breaking apart again and recolliding. It's just like this, it, it's this messy, sloppy kind of thing that you sometimes see, um, you know, in different towns, or different Gen- families. I mean, generally start-
0: you hope that they haven't killed everybody important well, I'm, to yeah, the no, family and burned a couple of innocent children. That's why I
1: meant like, know. it's an exact, the show is clearly an exaggerated, yeah. highly exaggerated version of, of those. But, the, but the, the sort of the general emotions or sentiment um or narrative sentiment is still kind of you know still kind of present so i don't maybe it's yeah maybe i don't don't mean like
0: try to rate you out of your opinion i'm oh no no interested that that you're pumping your fist at that it's cool to see what scenes in this episode elicited an emotional response from people because you know the whole i thought the whole thing was great um i did feel that it was i had that feeling you had where it was like at times i thought oh, this is going to be a very typical end of the season kind of thing mm-hmm. where they start, you know, they kind of go from place to place and not wrap up storylines, but, you know, move the characters to the next part of the chessboard or whatever. Um, but we just got some really good emotional mm-hmm. conversations there. Um, and uh, Theon was one of them. So I, I can't I can't discount that as much as I dislike that character. Yeah. And
1: hope I that will that say sinks. the other thing. <laughs> the other, yeah. The other thing I want to point out, real quick, um, that you know, kind of not one of the obvious things, that first thirty minutes was, you know, basically all the summit. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was, you know, I and I didn't cheat. I didn't look ahead or anything. Sometimes I do, just to, you know. So I was, I was completely pure. And after about, you know, once we passed like the thirty minute mark and we're still at the summit, I thought, okay this entire episode is going to be this. And it's going to be like this, <laughs> like, you know, and I, and I, and not that I thought it was just gonna be boring, but I'm like, shit's going to go down. Like she's got, they're going to come back or something's going to, and then the fact that nothing happened, like there wasn't any kind of trickery. There wasn't, you know, Clegane Bowl didn't happen. Like none of the stuff that we all sort of <laughs> right. guessed at, you know, like none of that happened. Like she didn't like, you know, she didn't yell, you know, she didn't yell some password and like, you know, a hundred Lannister guards come in with like wildfire bombs or something. you know, like, none of that happened. So it's just like, it was a little, once that, once we passed that point and I'm like, oh my God, nothing's, there's, they're not going to twist this in any way. Interesting. Yeah. I got a little nervous. I was like, well, what, then what's the point of all this? Like, where are we going? So, I, you know, it, yeah, yeah. basically the summit gave us the stage to have a really great Tyrion Cersei scene, Um, you know, and a bunch of really good little smaller side scenes, even the, like, you know, the Brienne h- hound scene was, you know, kind of fun. The fact that the hound gave a little half smile you know when he, you know when they were talking about Arya, was really yeah. interesting. I thought I was like, oh man, I, I want to see those two meet up again. Um, but like just you know the Tyrion well, Cersei that, scene was great. Like I love, and that can only happen with like the summit as the backdrop or the yeah. Jamie Cersei scene later on. You know, just Whew. that was all predicated on that that backdrop. Well,
0: I'll tell you uh, before we we should definitely talk about Jamie Cersei because I want to get your impressions on that. But I did cheat in a major way this week. <laughs> Um I was uh uh I was driving down um uh, I was I was on a long drive last week you know back and forth in one night and listened was listening to Storm of Spoilers probably from the probably the latest episode <clears throat> and what they've done this year is they've had two sections to their podcast they've had the calm where they just sort of recap and they and they fill in some information maybe from books and there's no spoilers Um, And then they have the storm and they spoil the shit out of things. And I don't know where they're getting their information from, because it's not it's not like it used to be where it was just sort of a a book discussion and how it related to the the show. Um, So they're using all every source that they can get, you know, set photos and interviews and rumors and, uh, you know, a, a lot of, you know unseemly stuff, I guess and uh I had listened to one earlier this year and didn't think that they really spoiled anything ahead and so I started going back through the episodes and listening like back through the you know the ones I'd not heard and man they spoiled like the dragon death like way back in like week three or something mm-hmm. and and I was like wait, how did they know about this and I kept waiting and maybe I just missed it because you know you're on a drive and you kind of zone out listening to podcasts you're not catching every word or whatever. Um, maybe they did explain that they actually saw part of the HBO leak. I don't, I don't, I just honestly don't remember how they said that. Um, but anyway, what, one of the things they spoiled for this week was they said, no, Littlefinger's the only one that's going to die. And, huh. and they were just very cynical about, yeah, that whole thing of where we were like, you know, were the Stark sisters, you know, really planning this all along to fake him out and like, yep, they were, if that was it, that he's going to die. And again, no explanation of how that happened. And so I got home. And one thing I did was I emailed uh, our co-host Emily in the middle of the night was like, you guys on fan theories should do a whole episode about whatever, like Game of Thrones uh, season eight stuff or something. And um, I didn't even remember doing that till she replied to it the next day. And I was like, oh, I I didn't remember I sent you this. Uh, But anyway, then I uh, but I also started just like aggressively trying to spoil myself, like trying to find where was their source material for this, you know, so stumbled across this website, which I think was just someone's, um, I don't know how I got there, but it was like literally just Googling those key terms, you know, like spoilers season, you know, episode seven, dragon and wolf, whatever. And got this episode synopsis, which I think was just one person making up their own guesses about what, you know, what could happen. Uh, but I read it. And then when they had the summit, the craziest thing was like, that this per you know this random blogger who would you know it's like basically just a Reddit thread of like these are the things I think will happen nailed Euron's line about can these things swim mm-hmm. and I'm watching the episode and I was like oh shit <laughs> I mm-hmm. like go back to Google and like try to find that website and try to find this random blog and this post and uh and so then I'm reading it like oh wait are the is this the actual spoilers you know I'm scrolling through like what's gonna happen and it was. It was basically ninety percent wrong after that. It was just way oh, yeah. off, you know. All they got was that one line. Um, everything, you know, like the like yeah, they knew Littlefinger was gonna die, but the whole setup was wrong and he was gonna overhear Sam and uh Bran talking about uh, John being a Targaryen and blah blah, you know. So it was like obviously just conjecture on this one person's part. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I went in with all these thoughts in my head, and then during the episode, had to sit there and check, like, wait, what do I really know? What's going to happen? Um, and I was basically, uh, despite all that, surprised throughout. You know, like the I, even from Storm, the Storm of Spoilers crew, I thought that we really were going to see more sort of a reveal of a plot between Arya and Sansa. Um, and then that was going to kind of throw off, you know, the expectations that we'd had the last couple of weeks. Um, and so I was happy to see it go down the way it went down. Cause it was like, oh good. It's not like sort of a, a throwaway plot. Like this is a, like you pointed out, it's a really cool callback to all the stuff with Ned and like, you know, it was just a, a good Stark family moment as, uh, as violent as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. I got not so every scene like that like Tyrion talking to Cersei was surprising and I I didn't really feel dread that she was going to kill him but then when she talked to Jamie later I legit was afraid that the mountain was just going to kill him right there.
1: Oh no, I knew that wouldn't happen. There's no way. She's she loves Jamie too much for that to just be so flippant. It would just be there's just no way i was i really liked that Tyrion Cersei scene because again i am somebody who is anti uh Tyrion targaryen like that just I, i've never liked that yeah, idea yeah. he's he, he stands so much more to gain as a lannister who had to scrap his way through it all so the fact that he had like a lannister to lannister moment with his sister that echoed a lot of that just angst and stuff he was feeling yeah. in season like two remember like he and He'd have a lot of, ch- or even uh, you know, season two with Shea, or see, you know the season. It was a three where he and yeah. Oberon were having their back, you know, back and forth. It's like just a lot of that, yeah. you know, him. Four, thank you. He, he just diving back into the uh, kind of to the just the family past was just really great. Like I just I was so yeah. glad, you know, just kind of it. It, it would have been a real a tragedy if somehow Cersei had died before that would have happened. Like she needs to have these like come up and moments right. with her with her family that's left. You know, it, one well, thing I, I totally. Oh, go ahead.
0: And I think in some way, I think that scene with Tyrion really helped inform us about the season with, uh, sorry, the scene with Jamie. Yeah. Because it was, you know, there was that that emphasis on family with Cersei and, and uh, you know, and I felt very much like Tyrion's acting like his old self. Like once he realized she wasn't going to have him killed and he nervously goes over and, you know, grabs the wine. And that was just such a, a Tyrion, you know, staple of him drinking wine like that. Well, he
1: pours um, one for her too.
0: Yeah. Was- and uh, um, and we haven't really seen him drunk this season, you know, yeah. or even last season. So it was like a big deal. Like, yeah, he's he was, you know, terrified. And I don't know. So it was just great. I thought to see those arcs of the Lannister characters. And I'm repeating myself from the episode I did with Emily. But with Jamie, you know, it, it really felt like, wow, this is where these three have grown in their you know in their individual stories and together yeah. so I, I i really liked it i mean we wouldn't have gotten that sort of thing if the three of them were in one room
1: because yeah
0: no, no. clearly been on cersei's side intimidating Tyrion, yep. um and Tyrion would have been really defensive and you know this was just like each one of them had a several moments of vulnerability you know he calls out her pregnancy uh and you could well, see like she was kind of like felt vulnerable in that moment for for him recognizing that
1: i'm going to throw something at you i don't know if you guys discussed it last night but it felt like there was a little foreshadowing going on that her if she is pregnant it's going to be a a dwarf and it may kill her just like her mom whoa that's think about about uh, that for just a second crazy Cause like the Prediction. scene she was the scene she was having with Tyrion,
0: he was he, he was, says that like yep. I killed our mother, you know.
1: Yep, he, yeah. and he was name checking just the fact he was comparing her to you know to to Tywin. You know he was just a dick. Like there was all this stuff that we everything communicated in that scene. We already knew. It's not like he was delivering any new information. What it was more important. I think it was more important that they had a you know an emotional scene between those two characters but that it also kicked back up some of these points that's like hey remember this remember this It's just like a, it was like a checklist scene and usually you don't you only do a checklist scene if you are if you know if you want to call back to something and it, it makes a perfect little package for you know a uh, uh, last time on clip next season if they want to foreshadow that again right it just it's a nice little thread that if they ever wanted to tie it off and if you think about you know the valon you know sort of prophecy um yeah and i forget the exact wording you're gonna have to tell me out on that but like it's, it's like the younger sibling or the younger brother like it, it you could almost make the stretch or make the leap that you know the younger brother uh tyrian like because he is a dwarf like her baby will be a dwarf and will kill her in the birthing process like that just it seems and it's like poetic justice too right it just kind of seems like after all her hating of Tyrion. And her, you know, wanting wanted love of this this child. It'd be amazing if it, you know, was basically like another Tyrion. And then Tyrion had to raise it. You know, Tyrion became the surrogate father because Jamie and Cersei <laughs> were dead. I mean, well,
0: uh, I and again, I don't remember if it came from the uh, uh, you know, from blog or Reddit posts I read, or I don't think it was on Storm of Spoilers. But I was the only other thing I thought would come true in the episode from one of the spoilers I read was I really thought it would end with a scene of Cersei like clutching her belly and and blood pooling on the floor. And it's confirmed like miscarriage, you know, like Jamie rides yeah. off and all of a sudden she collapses. Um, that would have been cool. So, which is funny because I, now that I say that I realize like, Oh, there were some other really accurate predictions in one of those things. And I just, man, I just don't know how people come up with that. It, it's sort of like, if you read the HBO leaks, you, it seems like you would know exactly what would happen. How did anyone get it? Sp- partially wrong <laughs> yeah because yeah. i did read spoilers about how jamie would ride off refusing to you know um go against his word and i read how euron would would head to get the golden company it's just that some of the spoilers are read where like he will actually land in essos uh and have some battle with the you know golden company and and all these other details that didn't happen so i just i hate um, the fact yeah, the, that
1: golden company is a th- is a thing like that was just i was so i know that, that is going to be a thorn in my paw until this whole show ends. Because it's like, why bring that up now? Like, why were they never mentioned at any point before this, right? Like, with with all of Daenerys' antics in Essos I know. prior to this, you think they would have popped up at some point, you know? Like, hey, yeah. we're going to get the gold. Like, yeah, the Slaver's Bay people could have been like, we're going to hire the Golden Company. Like, why not then? Like, why is this suddenly a, a thing now when it's just like the lowest possible stake on the board? Like, nobody cares, nobody gives a shit. Like, is there going to be one? It, yeah. it makes it makes me wonder if there isn't going to be one final kind of scourging of the Shire moment, like after they beat the the White Walkers and the Night King, all that's done, they still got to go back to King's Landing and deal with some bullshit, you know, whatever bullshit's going on down there is like the final the final moment, you know, maybe that's the last episode, because that's you know, and that's just what that's what Tolkien did with the high, uh, with Lord of the Rings, like after they beat Sauron, they went back to the Shire. And dealt with, uh, you know, the scourging of the Shire is like a final battle.
0: And yeah.
1: Just,
0: uh, well, let's talk about two other big scenes. Um, one is our favorite, the shipping on the ship. Uh, <laughs> uh, the incestual moment um, between Daenerys and Jon, which comes right after Sam and Bran <laughs> confirm <laughs>
1: that yeah. they are related. <laughs> I mean, clearly that was intentional
0: uh it was, that was made it so much more disturbing for me <laughs> yeah, it actually a really tender scene
1: it is um and i
0: appreciate that there you know there there was no dialogue i think at all in it between them he knocks no, and she no. lets him in and um Tyrion
1: watches on from the darkness from the shadows that
0: was creepy <laughs> it was and creepy do
1: you know what it was though yeah, we i we talked about that a little bit i watched go, it a couple times i watched it a couple times because i saw this bandied about like Tyrion was being a creeper was he in love with her and i'm like i mean he might love her as like a leader, but what I think that was more demonstrating was him going, Oh shit. Now these, now these guys are going to be distracted. Cause he told, remember there was that whole scene last week or the week before where she's talking to, you know, it was last week she's talking to Daenerys. She's like, you know, he loves you, you know, you know, he's, and she's like, Oh, I know right. it's just you know, people do impulsive things with then love and blah, blah, blah. And this is him, I think going, Oh God, now I got to deal with this. In addition That's- to just all the pending doom.
0: That's an interesting interpretation. I like it. Uh, one thing that Emily brought up was that maybe Tyrion's looking on as though, you know, e- like that he likes John and that everybody, Daenerys, you know, men men who are with Daenerys don't traditionally survive. Ooh, yeah. so Emily thought it was like more affection of Tyrion, like worrying about John. Mm-hmm. Um, I like both of these things because they, they both take take us out of the like creepy vibe. Um, and I don't I don't necessarily think he was being creepy, but sort of like Jorah. I, I think he and Jorah both were uh, there was some element of them uh, there following Daenerys, which was based on like. kind of a romantic a hopeful romantic love or something which is just a you know
1: maybe even not I I don't even think that's so much with Tyrion I think he's just like I think she's like Fiona Apple and he's like her biggest fan you know like he's he's got that sort of like celebrity like you know like, like, like I really appreciate what she does like I, you know I think it's more like that it was funny though. Am I the only one who thought in that scene where they're all like hanging around the you know in, in Dragonstone? It's right before the Theon uh, john scene, but they're all hanging around trying to determine the best way to get everybody up to Winter you know to Winterfell, and they're like, you know, the, the, the Dothraki can go this way. We'll get this started out. And then they're like, okay, so Daenerys, you're gonna ride it on your dragons, right? And and the whole thing was like just one giant subtext sandwich of everybody going, okay, we know these two are gonna fuck. How can we get her to go up there so that they don't fuck? Cause like even Jorah, the way he was talking, he's like, yes, but I mean, it was, it was like a Monty Python sketch, right? It was, it's like, like, your, it was like,
0: it's <laughs> your like trying to, <laughs> trying to keep the two separated. Like oh, yes! she's bad for him. We got to, we got to yeah. keep these two apart. We're Hey, you go in my car. I'm yes! going to yes! I'm going to drive her. Uh, <laughs> that is
1: exactly and it was even like and, and it was even more apparent when like jora's like well don't you think you should be fighting your dragons mm-hmm. yeah yeah and she's like and then it, uh and then, then it was, john like, cut to
0: jora's face right when she's well, like no she- i'm not conquering the north i'm <laughs> I'm rescuing it. And it cuts to like, door like oh boy.
1: Yeah, yeah. But John's <laughs> the one who cuts him off and go, No, no, no. You need to uh get there in person so that they know. Nah. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, You'll you'll take the ship, right? And then she's like, Yes, I'll take the ship. Like just it was almost every line had like a little wink, you know. And I'm just right. like, oh god. So after after that, I'm like, if these two don't bone in this episode, I I'm not watching anymore. Cause like they you don't have that whole setup without some kind of payoff. You can't just that? can't I, that's of
0: those things that one of the spoilers i read uh nailed pun intended um <laughs> was that there would definitely happen in this episode on a boat and i was like well holy shit like when that you know it's so weird that i got several of these things confirmed um one of the other things i got confirmed was that definitely that ice dragon was going to appear
1: yeah um, well let's talk about, talk about that real quick because i like wasn't fully
0: expecting the dragon to melt that wall and i and then i pretended i didn't know that when i talked to emily last night
1: <laughs> I uh I mean and let's let's be honest like that's the thing that I had been wanting all season was I mean the wall had to fall yeah. down. It had to otherwise exactly. the story doesn't continue on. So the fact that they got their dragon I hate I kind of hate how easy it was for them to get their dragon. Like that whole ordeal could have been avoided. Um but you know it's cool that they get they have one, I guess. Um I, it's funny after last week I saw a lot of uh, I don't know if if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh fan or familiar no. But um there's a character in Yu-Gi-Oh called Blue-Eyes White Dragon. That's one of the the game cards they play with. And like there's so many so many memes online of like the 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 Night King like you know holding a Yu-Gi-Oh trading card like that was the Blue-Eyes White Dragon like you know putting it down or something. Um I you know that whole scene was great having Tormund, you know, be the one that sees it was even better. Um mm, yeah. I like that. You know, I like that it was you know cuz my my thought was they there'd be some kind of mcguffin that allowed them to bring the entire wall down i kind of like the practicality Mm -hmm. of the fact that it was hey we're gonna go to this edge because it's probably the weakest the weakest point and we can just walk around if we just take this little sliver off so you know the wall came down but it wasn't the whole thing i just had these sort of fantasy dread fantasies i guess you could say of just like you know the the night king there being some kind of thing like bran crossing the wall so then he could do some kind of magic to bring the whole thing down or you know, some craziness like that yeah Um, I'm glad it wasn't that. I, I like that it kind of stayed practical. I didn't expect it. And I like that that scene was teed up by the fact that, you know, Winter was falling on King's Landing for the first time in the entire show. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, that yeah. was happening. Just, it all sort of teed up really nicely. And, I don't know, I think it leaves us in a really promising... It. I am very confident in the rest, you know, in season eight now, knowing that's where we're leaving off. Like, okay, everything is prepared. Yeah. There's nothing, like... If that hadn't happened or if Littlefinger were still alive or, you know, like any of these things, I'd be like, I'd be dreading season yeah. eight going, how how? there's six, how are they possibly going to, you know, sort this out? So I really, yeah. I really liked it where where we left off.
0: Well, with that, let's just start hypothesizing and conjecturing what we're going to see next season for one. I'll start with, um, and I think I know the answer to this, but do you think Tormund and Barrick are still alive?
1: <laughs> I think one of them is um you know they're, they're, they're the camera specifically showed them leaping off at you know onto a safe ledge so it's yeah. just not clear if that ledge came down later or you know because you know it showed them doing that and then it pans out and it, it shows like even more of the wall falling so it's right like,
0: you know, exactly exactly
1: i'm gonna guess if 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 any are dead it's just gonna be one not the other and probably gonna be barrick because i think tormund's gotta I think tormund's gotta have you know he still has to have some closure um he's they've really kind of propped him up as a pseudo main character so we need a we need a little bit more closure than him just falling you know def- not even heroically you know there's not like he needs some kind of like you know defiant moment um and he needs to have some kind of you know brianne needs to have some they can't tease us with that without something between the two of them i think beric Darian is not long for this world i you know if they keep him around i don't think I, so
0: either but I, he's always been one of the most interesting characters at least from the books to me and so I know I've infused a lot of my liking of him from, you know, my experience in the books. Uh, but I I do think that what he said in the previous episode to John about the two of them maybe being um, resurrected for the purpose of killing the Night King. Mm-hmm. You know, basically he's saying one of us might be Azor high, or the two of us together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think he has some, there's some kind of mission he has to fulfill there. Um, or at least, or at least try to, and fail, and then John has to carry on.
1: He's kind of like he's kind of like you know when there's one too many rappers on a track, you know, one too many MCs, and you're just like, oh man, it's <laughs> like I like you all, but there's just too many of you. Like you know, the the ones, you know, the ones on the edges need to kind of step aside. He's almost like that. Where like in any other story, he'd be a, I'd love his character to death. And, you know, if they could focus on him more. You know, either as a main character, or as you know, give him a little bit uh-huh. more meat to run with. But it's almost like he showed up after they'd already introduced all these badass characters. Like, you can't give us Davo Seaworth and then expect and Darian to also, like, you know, get enough time to, to matter. So I think anyway. what you're
0: saying is he's Capadonna in the Wu Tang. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think, you know, I think, I think, yeah, one of them or both of them are probably still alive. Um, I really wonder how long it's going to take. The the White Army to make it to Winterfell. You know we've got we have to look at the economics of of the of the season next year. I think the the big the big things that have to happen to get us to the end. Um, there has to be probably at least two major fight scenes with the White Army.
0: At least at At least least, yeah. Well, let me let me throw this out there just to terrify you. John and Danny are on a boat. That dragon can probably get to the boat really quickly. Is Mm. and I like, should we be afraid of John and Danny? Like, there that was a specific choice. Like, you'll be safer flying the dragon to Winterfell. No, I'm gonna take the boat with John. Now, do should we worry about an ice dragon coming at him in the open sea?
1: Mm. I mean, yes, but neither of them are gonna die early on. I mean, like, if that's (laughs) the one thing of season eight, like, that's amazing.
0: If episode one is just their ship going down, (laughs) like, they're
1: all
0: they're like. You're what like, what oh. the fuck is happening? And then Varus was... the Merman jumps in and swims down. And episode two is him swimming up to the surface, carrying both of them.
1: If you're um, ever gonna get your Varus the Merman theory, it's gonna be right then and there. I, I don't think
0: <sighs> Let me ask you another question. Melisandra, what role do you think she plays next season?
1: Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I when we I'm left her, she was she was leaving Westeros, right? She was going back to Essos or so she was she was heading out. Um yeah. You know, I I honestly think her her point you know what it's going to be it's going to be we're not going to see anything from her again and there's going to be like a, a ps like a ps sequence of scenes, you know, after you know after everything's happened, like you know after they you know whoever takes back king's landing like you know the remaining characters are all like, you know, we did it. We did it. You know, we're all going to go our separate ways now. And there's going to be like a, a series of ps you know scenes and one of them's going to be Davos basically in Essos and he sees her, and he kills her. You know that'll be like the just Davos's kind of revenge for uh, Shireen. And he and you know the camera will will show her at like a at a cantina or something, and like you know she'll look up knowing he's there, and she'll she'll you know utter some mumbo jumbo about you know it's her destiny, blah blah blah. And that'll, yeah. that'll be the end of it.
0: I'm glad you brought up uh, Davos because I do, There's been a real setup this season, even though it's been spoken of before. There have been at least a couple of really specific mentions of how he's not a fighter. And he wouldn't be good out there in the field. So hmm. it's pretty clear that he's going to have to be in some <laughs> scrap next year. You know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and well, and I do like that idea that, I mean, you know, maybe he is the one that ends Melisandre for that, yeah. you know, because she has to come back to Westeros to die in this strange country.
1: Um, oh, she's not from Westeros.
0: So, right, right. She's from Chi. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. And so she says that to Varys, like, you know, like yeah. you, I have to die in this strange country. And so you know th- I, I, on one hand like how much weight do we put in these prophecies uh you know because carrying them out just seems way too typical for the show <laughs> like way I think, too predictable well, I think prophecies but some like of that, it i think
1: prophecies like yeah. that though, i mean they're not there's not gonna be some big huge thing it's it's gonna be a quick little like ta-da like it's it's not gonna yeah. be paid off in some major way
0: right 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 it, it just kind of comes true when they when they it, both yeah. die yeah. What about uh, uh, Jorah? I don't think he he makes it to the end.
1: If Jorah um, is not High, um, which is still out there, <laughs> that's still because you got to ask yourself why is he still around? Like that's that's the only reason I keep bringing that up. Like why is he still here? By all rights, by all by the gods of storytelling, he should have gone down with dragon scale. Like that should have been his end. You know, he sees her one more time, and he goes off, and then you just you think he just became a crazy dragon scale zombie or something so he's still around he's still you know i'm hoping we get a scene where lady mormont dresses him down i can't wait um basically any scene involving lady mormont next year is going to fill my heart with great joy yeah Um, but you know she's going to be like as as much as she has dressed down like people not even from her from bear island imagine when her you know one of her own comes back who was disgraced like i can't wait for that i think you know it, the temptation is to give ian glenn like a a you know hero's goodbye cuz he's such a you know deb, you know dashing kind of figure but i there are so many characters like that i don't know what you do with them like it's, right. it's again it's almost like too many mcs it's like okay we've got all these characters that everybody have you know over 7 years people have grown to love and and admire How, we, some of them are just going to die there's not going to be anything to it other than bye you know like it, it, you're just going to have to that's just going to have to happen there can't be like this crazy twist well, you know, and it's almost like at them. this
0: point um, singling out some of th- this cast for for a death on the show is almost like uh, makes them more worthy. You know, it's sort of like, we're almost going to forget, we're going to remember the heroes and, uh, and the, and the ones who didn't make it and the, <laughs> the other sort of tier of survivors. We're not even going to remember, you know, like if Mira makes it to the end, it's just who will even know. <laughs> um, you so. know what?
1: Oh, but there's a good point. Like Mira, I mean, Mira went back home. Yeah. I don't know if home is between Winterfell and Eastwatch, but if it is, I can't wait to see no, no, a no. Mira, Mira zombie.
0: Oh. I believe it's South. It's, I think it's, uh, I think it's South of Winterfell, but that's a good question. Yeah. Um. And I, will once again, Google map of Westeros and we'll see if
1: it's an actual uh, real one. I mean, you think about that though. They've, they've, They have put themselves, they have not painted themselves into a corner. They have a lot of toys to play with and a lot of possibilities, which for a writer is one of the best places to be in. Now, can they do it all in six episodes? They're definitely going to have to leave some, some things on, on the table. You know, there's just, you're going to have to. Um, So like, I would say two White Walker battles. I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that there is uh, at some point, probably after they beat the White Walkers, there's going to be a King's Landing, you know, conquest episode. Um, so that, that's three episodes basically right there. Uh, I would say the first episode one is going to have to be one of those like, you know, here's where we last left, everybody. Like, it's just going to have to be one of those. Uh, I, I'll
0: tell you, I said this on the episode with Emily. I, I, my sort, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really care if this happens or not, but my sort of fantasy is that episode one opens and it's just Tormund and Beric in a dead sprint through the oh. woods towards Winterfell oh, Jesus. with the army of the dead chasing them. You know, it's like they're going to get there with just minutes to prepare Oh god, Winterfell.
1: I want that so bad. <laughs> I, I'll tell
0: you in addition to um, Viserion attacking the boat that Jon and Daenerys are on, god,
1: I, really I mean, I, sh- I, I
0: certainly <laughs> hope that I, I certainly hope that when we open up uh, Jon and Daenerys, everyone is at Winterfell. You know, yeah. like, I don't know that I need any more stage setting there. I get it. <laughs> they're
1: getting off um, the boat they're getting on the wagon to go to winter. It's like, fuck who cares?
0: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'll tell you, I'll just throw this out there. Um, one of the, well, actually let me talk talk about the dragons first. Uh, I do wonder, I I think there's a a really crazy strategic thing to there being an ice dragon now, which is that we can't count on, um, Rhaegal and Drogon to just wipe out, just decimate the armies of the Mm -hmm. dead. Yeah. You know, they're going to have to fight that dragon
1: yeah that's a, I, that's a great point that's a great point
0: that's going to be like that changes the game in a huge way
1: well it's going to um, give us it's going to give us that killer moment that we all we, we know we're going to get where one dragon's fire you know, goes against this, another dragon's ice fire right. it's going to be like that poster moment where it's like you know the the harry potter voldemort wands battling you know stream yeah you know, yeah
0: wonder screams. woman and uh and uh, Ares like yeah kind of yeah shooting at each other that kind yeah, of thing exactly like, that's um,
1: incredible to see
0: i do think uh one of the crazy predictions i read was that um that, that yara will be pregnant when theon uh catches up with, with her with um, who?
1: with whose kid
0: Euron's. what uh but um i do so i think i don't who knows how time works in this world anymore but i i would actually be okay with theon somehow foiling the golden company higher you know if it's mm-hmm. not just rescuing yara mm-hmm. um like, maybe she could help him in some way, or something. I don't know, you know, like, sort of put a stop to that storyline. Let's um, hope so. <laughs>
1: Let's, that would redeem or, completely if he can just stop the Golden Company storyline. Like, or, you, you know, as, as Emily pointed is. out,
0: yeah, they've uh, Emily pointed out they've never broken a contract. What if this is the one time they break a contract because they get over there and they see what's going on? Mm-hmm. And they side with the living, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um this is crazy speculation at this point. And you and I traded several fan theories uh uh yesterday afternoon. I was texting you about some crazy stuff I'd read about the Night King being Azura High, um, or Euron being the valoncar who eventually strangles Cersei. I, I like do, that a lot. I like I that. I do think that redeems his role on the show. Yeah. Um yeah. and uh uh Mira and the the Cranigmen possibly uh being um uh related to the children of the forest somehow Mira and the what uh, the, her her like family is called the Cranigmen oh um I know that. and and there's all this like weird mysterious kind of stuff about how they live and their their castle never seems to be in the same place and, and you know things like that and so oh. Um, it's either like floating on an, you know, on an Island or something like floating on something in the middle of uh, a body of water or something like that. I don't know. It's very weird. And I don't remember any of it. it's it been years since I've read any of these books, but, um, I don't, I, I think Mira's gone. I think we walked, yeah, we walked yeah, her sure. off the stage. I don't think they're going to bring any of that stuff in. Um, I, there was a lot of efficiency this year in, um, you know, there's that line, uh, maybe it was in last week's episode. If that was the episode no, a couple weeks ago, when um when uh, Daenerys burned uh, the Tarleys, uh, where Tyrion is like, you've already wiped out one great house, or one great house has already been wiped off of Westeros, and he's talking about the uh, the Tyrells, mm-hmm. but uh, the Freys are also gone. So yep. there's been this great efficiency of like, they're wiping out entire houses, you know, like the Dornish just don't matter anymore. Uh, the Terrells don't matter. The um, frays are gone. So it's, you know, it, it's pretty cleared out there. Uh, so I it's it's kind of hard to, I mean, there's a ton of pieces in motion. I I I don't think there's any like surprises we're going to get except for does the well, like, company appear and do, who do they actually fight i for? do like
1: that Cersei's uh, still alive to fight another day it would have been sort of i you know, as much as i kind of thought they would clear her off the board before season eight i like that they didn't because it would it would just it'd be too easy for it to be like you know this sort of omnipotent evil force um versus everybody you kind of need the drama and the intrigue of Cersei still trying to pull whatever batshit crazy you know until it's it fits her character to be basically until the bitter end she's gonna keep trying anything she can try you know just to like i like that that's we as the audience aren't given an easy out out there like it's gonna be into the bitter bitter end
0: yeah uh that's as good a place as any for us to wrap up is there anything else you would like to add to this this coverage of this show
1: uh, only, this, this only that uh, Miguel Sapochnik is being tapped uh, by all reports to direct at least two episodes next year. So I cannot wait for that.
0: Well, we say next year, but we just mean next season because next season. Be which yeah, you're years. right.
1: It could be freaking 2019. Before God, we get it could it. be
0: 2020. This could be the worst if we have another. I just, I'm not even going to say it out loud. Let's just, let's get this out as soon as possible, Game of Thrones people. Well, Come
1: on. Uh, be shop, careful, shop. be careful. I would rather, I would rather they, if if it's like Miguel Sapochnik epic levels, of, you know, like that level of an episode, I would rather them take, if they have to shoot six 90 minute movies and really try, like I'd rather wait until 2020 and get like just home run after home run than a sort of half hearted, rushed end product. <sighs>
0: That's what, uh, Joe Robinson says on, uh, storm spoilers. And I disagree. I just want it to be over. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm going to make a, a a big plug because we are releasing this, um, or the week we are releasing this, there is a brand new episode of fan theories, which are co-host on Wednesday in Westeros. Emily Kelly hosts with her fiance, Peter. Uh, they talk about crazy fan theories, um, all over the geeky world. And, Oh, this week's I should have written this down, but they are covering um all fall previews. They're covering uh Ragnarok and Blade Runner and Justice League and one more that I forgot. I'm so sorry. Um, but that episode is out now and you can find it at findusthere.org. Um, you can also search for fan theories podcast on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and uh SoundCloud and um what's that dot FM one that we're on that I always forget about? Oh, um, I don't know. there's some pot something.fm, whatever, ever, anywhere you find podcasts, search for fan theories. Also search for Wednesday in Westeros. Um, we don't know what we're going to do in the off season. Um, so you should also look for the Todd and Taylor show, which uh, Taylor and I host, and that is all on find us org. Taylor, where can people find you if they want to talk with you about uh, Daenerys' pregnancy?
1: Uh, I will be taking pregnancy <laughs> questions at uh Taylor Trask on Twitter, T A Y L O R T R A S K. And you, sir,
0: I am at Hey Todd A on Twitter, and all of our podcasts are at Find Us There on every social network. So please go find all that stuff. Um, re watch the season and re listen to the podcasts. I think yeah. you'll be very entertained. We're so happy to have Emily join us all season long. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great season. I think we all feel satisfied at the end of the season, which is not a thing we're used to with Game of
1: Thrones. So. <laughs> right. Certainly after uh, pre- past seasons. I mean, I th- last year I was pretty satisfied. You know, that was a killer, yeah, yeah. killer ending. But this was like, you know, we got well, some we got some meat with our potatoes this time. So it was it was it uh, was good. Yeah.
0: Well, until I speak with you again, Taylor. Seven blessings
1: and Azora, hi to you, sir.